Is anybody else surprised that the sky didn't fall? Mainstream media said, look out, real estate sky is falling. Guess what? It didn't happen. We saw interest rates go up, but at the same time, we saw house prices go up. And now the interest rates are coming down. House prices are going to continue to rise. If you're a buyer listening to this episode, these are the top five things you need to know about the spring market and realtors listening to this. These are some key points that you are going to want to make sure that you are talking about with every single client. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Okay, spring market, it's here. It's pretty much here. Let's just call it, it's here. So what are the five things that buyers need to know for spring market 2024? This episode is for what, like buyer or a realtor who is working with buyer. So all of the above. All of the above. We are here to give it all to you. Actually, Beth is. Beth's going to tell you <laughs> what's up. I'm going to ask questions. All right. So like we're just jumping into this. We have our top five things. So number one, be ready yesterday. Right? Um, you got to talk to a lender. One of the biggest like buzzkills in real estate is that somebody walks into an open house, they see this beautiful house for sale and they're like, I want to go and look at this house. And you walk in and you fall in love with it. And then you're like, oh crap, we still have a house to sell. Oh crap. We haven't even talked to a lender. We don't even have a realtor. We don't have anything in place. Are you talking directly to me right now, Beth? When I send you houses. Maybe. Okay. Cool. No, but you actually have a realtor and a lender. That's, this is true. Yeah. So you've got all of that. <laughs> but like there are those people and I see it all the time when I'm working open houses. I see it all the time when my clients call me and they're like, oh my God, Beth, we found a house. And I'm like, well, that's weird. I didn't even know we were looking for a house. <laughs> welcome to real estate like working on your credit maybe there's a couple of things you need to clean up on your credit if you're not talking to a lender to get pre-approved you might not even know that there's x y or z out there some like random thing that needs to get cleaned up are you saving all the money like all the money you're gonna maybe get a tax return i mean christy and i are not familiar with tax refunds anymore because we're (laughs) self-employed but if you have like a normal w-2 type job there's a really good chance that you get a tax refund are you saving that money socking that money away for your purchase and like if you talk to a lender there's all sorts of awesome programs out there um we're batch recording today and we had connor hashan earlier today and he said that minnesota is one of the most friendly states for down payment assistance programs he said in the whole entire country minnesota ranks up there as one of the top ones and there's constantly new programs coming out and you can be a second it's not even like first time home buyer there's like second home buyers like there's all these awesome programs out there but if you're not talking to a reputable lender you like don't even know 
I like that you brought up the weird stuff that could like be on your credit that you might not even know. Because right. like, hey, my credit's pretty good, but you're not looking at it. Right. Like they're going like a lender will getting that stuff cleared up ahead of time. It, well, when you and Ryan were buying oh your my house, gosh. We had there was like weird some weird up. little thing come up and Ryan's like, that's not even me. It's not even him. And we had to go clear it up. And thankfully, it was something we cleared right. up really quickly. Right. But it wasn't even a real charge. It wasn't even supposed to be on there. It was this total fluke thing. Right. And so that would have prevented. And it was like the week of closing. Well, and so many times people don't, you're not looking at your credit every day no. like a lender is. You're not or doing you're like deep dive in it. Or you're just looking at the number, right? You're like, yeah. okay, I'm above 720 or right. whatever. I know I can get yeah. the loan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like all those things. And another thing one of my lenders said this week is he's like, if people want to get a house, like you should get your tax refunds, your, your tax returns done stat, mm. especially if you're self-employed. It's different if you're W-2 and you can show a W-2 pay stub, but if you're self-employed, you need to have those numbers on your taxes. That's really the only way to prove that you actually made that money. Self-employment. I know. It creates, oh, gosh. <laughs> that we could do a whole nother show about okay, that. Should we do one on the anxiety of self-employment and getting anything financial? Getting a mortgage? Oh, my God. <laughs> Seriously. It's, it's anxiety-inducing for sure. Well, so that's number one. Get ready yesterday. Number two, Christy, take it away. Do you need to sell in order to buy? Yeah, this comes up all the time. Uh, so that this is another thing. Like if you're talking to a lender, maybe you don't need to sell your home in order to buy. Of course, that's the most ideal scenario. But if you do need to sell, like last time you guys bought, you still had another property mm -hmm. that you had as a rental. Like yep. you just never know. But until you're really like doing a deep dive and having a lender look at all the numbers and maybe you're getting rental income that can offset the mortgage on the first property. Like there's so many different scenarios. But if you actually have to sell in order to buy, there's a lot of different options out there. And this isn't a one size fit fits all. Like I want to see your home. I want to tour it. Like I want to like help you figure out like all the things i love that you can walk into a home and you can just like know right away like you have this vision you know what, what needs to get done what like don't touch something and you've shared with me that so many times people will do updates <laughs> and they didn't need to do them or they do yeah. the wrong updates yeah and so like getting your eyes in there getting your realtor's eyes in there are just key like would you say don't touch anything yeah don't touch anything until i get there well, and so next week we're going to do, do a whole deep dive on five things the sellers need to know. So yes. make sure to check out that episode mm -hmm. too, where we're going to do a lot deeper dive into that. So maybe one thing they can touch though is getting rid of shit. Would yeah, you say? Yeah, purging and okay. packing stuff up, especially if you, if you specifically know that you are going to move, you can probably start packing up like all of your Christmas stuff could go out into a storage unit or could go into a pod. Mm -hmm. You're not going to need that until next Christmas. Or as the weather gets nicer, you can start packing up your 200 winter coats that you have in your snow pants. Maybe get a dumpster. If you're not going to need them. A couple of bagsters. <laughs> put them on your neighbor's property, though, so they're not in your start lawn. Start putting it on Facebook free page. Can I give that advice? Page. If I'm not a realtor, can I give that as professional advice? No, don't put it on the porch. All right, fine. Don't put, don't put it on the porch. <laughs> We had an instance when Christy and Ryan bought their current house that they're in. The previous seller had not gotten rid of all their stuff the day of closing. And she's like, oh, I just have people coming to get it from Facebook Marketplace. I'm she like, just, but you left it on the porch. And so just like porch pirates were showing up we, on a house that 
that we lady no closed. longer owned. We just closed. Their moving truck is still in our driveway for hours. And then people were just walking into our porch taking oh stuff. Do that was I was like, Beth. I'm pretty sure like, Ryan called what you. What is panicked. happening? So yeah, don't do that. No. But maybe get the bagsters beforehand. But way beforehand. Way beforehand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was that was one for the books. <laughs> oh my gosh. Number three, set realistic expectations on your budget. Oh, this is a tough one. It is. We have big dreams. Everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you start factoring in like taxes and insurance and mm-hmm. interest rates are like, oh God, I didn't think the payment was going to be that high. Mm-hmm. Now I can't afford this. Yeah. You're like, you got to kind of, kind of rein that in. Because if you start looking at homes that are well beyond your budget, it can be really Devastating. bad. Like playing that comparison game. You're uh, like, but this isn't as nice as XYZ home. And I'm but like, you couldn't afford yeah, XYZ, XYZ home. home wasn't even sort of a reality. Mm-hmm. That has to be hard showing Homes that you know are not a possibility, Beth. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. hard for me, too. Yeah. Because then I feel like I'm failing at my job because I wasn't set up for success to begin mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Also, like, setting realistic expectations about your budget, but also, like, setting the expectation about what's really happening in the market is really key, too, for, like... This number three really applies to realtors is that lower interest rates. Yeah, they're great, but that might not be good for all your clients. Like, you know, that sounds really counterintuitive, but the lower the interest rates get, like the more it's going to heat up the market, which is going to make multiple offers competitive again. Prices are going to go up again. And so, I don't know, sometimes having that sweet spot of an affordable interest rate, but mm-hmm. not a rock bottom interest rate sometimes is better for buyers. Especially those homes. Like you want that mid-century modern in that great oh location. It's the unicorn take here. Take a high interest rate. Is that like, seriously, the multiple yeah, offers on now. homes that are really desirable yeah. are just bananas. Yeah. Like those really like unicorn homes, how, like like you said, mid-century modern, a home on, a, on any body of water, mm-hmm. like that sort of thing. Buy it when you can, snatch it up immediately, and then refinance it later. Yeah. Because if you think it's sexy, cool home, so does everybody else. Can we talk about something that... Um, it just kind of drives me bananas not being a realtor, just being a human being yes, and hearing this. Great, but... fantastic. Um, this whole idea that your home is your forever home. Oh my gosh. I Connor and I talked about this on the podcast oh my, too. Did you really? Yes. I want to lose my flipping mind because, okay, sure, I'm not going to say that people don't have forever homes and they don't move and like they stay right. in it and all that. Like, of course that exists. However, the majority of us move. Yes. And so we get fixated on this forever home as the next home or the first home. The only home. The only home. And it's like, that's so unrealistic right now. No. For for a lot of people, right? Not for everyone. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I always say like, buy the house that you can afford. Mm -hmm. Buy the house that you can afford today that meets your family's needs today today and maybe for the next few years. But like, there's no reason that your first home can't be your three to five year home. And then you sell it and profit and then take that additional money and you just start parlaying this into a different home, eventually probably your dream home or what's close to a dream home. That's how you use real estate as a tool. And just buying that like dream home just right out of the gate, it's not super realistic. I'm just never going to forget. And I tell people this story all the time. A couple of years ago, I was referred a buyer and seller 
We looked at a whole bunch of homes. We wrote a couple of offers. I feel like maybe they weren't super realistic about what was happening in the market. They had a very, very small little window of homes and locations that they would entertain. And I kept saying, okay, well, like, what about this? Or what about this location? Like, your kids are little. Our school districts aren't going to be factoring in here for like four or five years. Mm. Let's get you into a home you can afford today. And they finally just said, nope, we're just going to stop looking. And they signed a three-year lease. Oh, It's like they couldn't afford the house they wanted two years ago. What is that house now? Like, what is that house valued at? $75,000 more, $100,000 more. you have paid, you have just money Mm -hmm. down the drain. You're making your landlord rich. But this is a very common scenario. Yeah, pricing themselves right out of the market. Pricing yourselves out of the market. And and even if you haven't priced yourself out of the market, you've wasted so much money on rent. Uh Uh-huh. And you instead of for nothing. Oh my gosh. Absolutely nothing. Oh, Not even a rent a to own. One. Nothing. That's a hard one. I know. It's terrible. Another thing that happens, so like say you're looking for a home in a super hot area and you know that you're in a really competitive price point. Let's just for the sake of argument, let's use the four hundred thousand dollars. Like say in the part of town where you're looking, four hundred thousand dollars is like the hot house price. If you're approved up to four hundred, you have to scale back that number. I wouldn't even look at $400,000 houses because if the market's hot and it's in multiple offers, $400,000 houses are going to sell for $425,000, You have to really dial that number back. You should be looking at $350,000, $375,000 houses. And then the next thing, everyone's like, Beth, but like, I don't like those houses. Like four hundred dollars is that magical number where it makes the house be that much nicer. Those houses aren't going to sell for four hundred. dollars that all has to do with the market and what's going on and right. like your realtor being educated are like do they know what they're doing because in a in a market li- like this and with a house that's desirable in certain neighborhoods in certain, certain neighborhoods, school districts yeah. certain types of homes the they're going to go into not, multiple offers it's not actually what no. it says like it's Mm-mm. not the home that you can afford which is hard that's hard i know it's a hard pill to swallow and yeah. it's as a real estate agent i hate like you know like bursting somebody's bubble with that mm-hmm. but i'm like I, I need to be honest with you. I can't set you up for failure. Yeah. I do not want to do that to you because that just isn't serving either one of us. Yeah. The other thing is the house that you passed on last November or when you were sitting on the sidelines in the fall, that house is more expensive today. The house that you maybe could have gotten for under asking price with no multiple offers and maybe the seller would have paid closing costs, that house in the spring is going to cost you more. And you're going to be paying your own closing costs. Feels like a little bit of a downer, but this is the reality. It's the reality. And it's about setting the expectation correctly. Yeah. So number four. Number four, get your wants versus needs dialed in. Oh, goodness. This can be sometimes hard to do if you're a first time home buyer. Sometimes this is hard because you're like, well, I don't know what I what I need versus what I want. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a move up buyer and you have like this really grandiose list of things that you would like in a home, sometimes it's hard to really narrow it down. Well, okay, you know, you want, oh, I want a big garage and I want a fireplace and I would love this and that. How about things like you actually need? Like, do you work from home? Do you need a designated work from home space where you can take conference calls and have privacy. I had a client that was a phys- physician and she did like tele doctory stuff. Mm. She couldn't 
so that I sold them a home that had a loft. Well, because of HIPAA rules, she can't use the loft, which would be the obvious place for a home office. She can't use that as a home office because of HIPAA compliance. Oh, interesting. And then they had another baby shortly after they moved into their house. So she is using their walk-in closet as her home office. Oh my God. If it works. Yeah. I mean, it it works works for now. Yeah. I think it would have worked better pre-baby, you know, pre-second baby. Um, But like... Those are things. Do you need a private office? Do you need to take a conference call? Can you, or do you like have hobbies? Like, do you have a collector car and you need a garage space for it? Do you love to garden? Um, you know, do you need to have a fenced yard for your dog? Like sometimes there's non-negotiables and that really needs to be at the top of your list. Not at the bottom of your list. Obviously, like when we sit down and I'm like talking to clients, like I'm taking a note of the list. And then when we're out looking and you're trying to fall in love with the house, I'll be like, okay, I just want to make sure like you told me the most important thing on your list that this house had to have a fence. So this house that we're looking at that you're falling in love with right now doesn't have a fence. Is that okay that you're going to have to put your own fence in? But, you know, not trying to talk somebody out of it, but making sure that you're not just totally buying on emotion and you're buying the house that really suits your needs Yeah. for now. Uh, also, like you always talk about the diamonds in the rough, those yes. sorts of homes. Like, are I you love handy? those kind of homes. Can you but shine up also, a turd? Are, are you... <laughs> shine up sure, a turd. I Can love you it. shine up a turd? The flip side of that, though, if you know you are not handy, avoid Avoid that at all yeah. costs. If you know you're not going to hire that yeah. out, you know you're not handy, you're not going to want to deal with it, then run the other way. But if you can deal with it. Yep. Maybe you've got a, a handy dad. Like I have a handy stepdad and he's can fix literally anything. But I always have conversations with him before I buy a property. Be like, hey, Marty, like I'm going to need help with X, Y, Z. Like, are you able to help me with this? Do you have the bandwidth? Like, is this going to be a reasonable budgetary thing? So like we, we have those conversations before I sign on the dotted line for stuff. Yeah. But know, know your limitations, I guess is the warning <laughs> there. So number five, and this one is so weird and it factors in the election. 2024 is an election year. As we all know, we have not got bombarded by political um, <laughs> everything stuff yet, but that is going to be here before you know it. And obviously, we're not talking politics on this podcast. That definitely is a, not, definitely <laughs> not talking politics. Just talking it is that an election part, year, and that part of it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter who's in office, who's getting in office. Like none of that matters. We have experts, Glenda Baker, on the podcast. I didn't pull her ago? episode, but go back and find her if you haven't listened to Glenda Baker's yeah, episode. It's she's, fantastic. She's fantastic, and she had put something out on social media recently, and she's like. The sweet spot of buying a home in 2024 was January 3rd through August 31st. Mm. And she said all the political noise that's going to be happening in the fall creates uncertainty in buyers. This is so interesting to me. When you Mm -hmm. share this with me, I'm like, it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Gosh. And I was on another um, little webinar yesterday. Like everybody's talking about it, that election years and like just if you if you are a realtor that's listening to this podcast and you've been in the business for, you know, longer than a four year political cycle, you have already seen this cycle. You already know that that noise just gives people uncertainty Mm -hmm. and there's just so much going on that it makes people second guess the idea of buying a home or maybe selling a home. Um we just interest rates are ta- they're talking about interest rates continuing to come down but 
it's going to do a little bit of wonky things to the market. So it's just something to be prepared for. And it's also something to prepare buyers for if you're an agent. That's a really good one. So that's it. That's our top five list. So what's the moral of the story we have here with this episode? Buy a house? If you're gonna? That. I always say, you know, like, I I don't want you to buy a house for my sake. I want you to buy a house because it makes sense for you. Yes. And it needs to be affordable. All of those things. But truly this spring, I think time is going to be of the essence. We came off of a year with higher interest rates and a lot of buyers just sort of sitting on the fence. And now that interest rates are coming down, we are already seeing the market heating up. Our first listing that we put on the market in 2024 went into multiple offers. Crazy, super crazy. But like the news kept touting a crash mm. last year. We never Where, saw a crash. Where's the crash? Where was the crash? I would like to know that every freaking out, freaking out that like sky's falling, the sky's, sky's falling. falling. Your home prices are just gonna plummet. Not that none of that Didn't happened. Happen. Didn't happen. None of that happened. Yeah. Couple of prices across the country dipped here and there. What we truly saw is interest rates go up mm-hmm. and home values stay flat in a lot of parts of the country and a lot of other parts of the country home values continue to go up. Yeah. So real estate's the long game. Get in the game sooner rather than later. The stat that I love is that sellers over the last 30 years have seen 300% appreciation in their real estate asset. It's amazing. 300%. Where else are you making 300% return on your money? And if you're a realtor listening to this, I know there are going to be buyers and there are going to be realtors listening to this episode today. Educate your clients. Keep them in the know. Like mm-hmm. help them like sift through like all this, the, the loud out there, right? Like yep. help them with this because that is your job. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Bring some calm to the uncertainty out there. All right. So here we go. Spring market. Spring market's Woo! here. It's here to stay. It's heating <laughs> up. All right. Until next time, Bus Bench Babes, remember to keep your face off a of bus bench. And keep being the badass boss babes that you are. Okay, girls. Are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here. 